morning. I'm Pastor Allen. I want to welcome you. I know we have some new folks here this morning, but for everyone, this is a great Sunday to be with us because we're starting a new series. What we do is pick a topic and study it for four, six, eight weeks. And uh, so we new topic this, this week is Christian uh, with the subtitle, It's Not What You Think. And we'll explain that in a few minutes. <clears throat> Uh, we also would like you to be in a small group because whatever I talk about on Sunday morning, you can talk about in your groups, and you don't have to agree with everything I say. In fact, you probably won't, uh, which is fine, uh, but that's part of the way we do life together and do church. A uh, little explanation. My wife said to a, some new family that came in this morning, we don't normally coordinate our dress, but you'll see seven people with these shirts on. Uh, actually, eight of us spent the week in Cleveland working at a Hispanic church uh, doing construction, and uh, this is what we got <laughs> for, for our laborers is this shirt. No, we had some great experiences, and uh, uh, if you uh, have never been on a missions trip, we'd encourage you. We'd, we do about two a year around here, and maybe you can join one of us, uh, one of them next year. So, let's get started. Uh, today's topic is uh, Christian brand recognition. Uh, most of you know different brands are recognized by slogans or, or icons or whatever. And so, we're going to talk about that as it relates to the term Christian. So, we're going to do a little word association to begin with. And we're going to start here. We all know what an American is. Somebody lives in this country that has citizenship, that can get the vote and pays taxes and so forth. So if I say American, you know what it is. Uh, we all know what a Canadian is. I have a <clears throat> sister-in-law who's Canadian. She was born in Canada. She raised in Canada. She has a Canadi- Can- Canadian uh, citizenship. Uh, she lives here now, but uh, we know what a Canadian is. They're like an American, but in Canada. And we probably all know what an, a comedian is. That's somebody that makes us laugh. He could be a professional comedian. It can be just somebody around here. Some of you are funnier than others. Justin's funnier than I am. But anyway, uh, comedians, we know what that is. But what about this word? What is that? If you were to ask 100 people, I don't know if we have 100 people in here, we'd probably get 50 definitions. Some would be similar. Some would be probably quite different. Somebody would say, uh, I don't know what that means. And that would probably be true. Some would you say, I'm one of them, but I do this or I don't do this. Some of you say, no, I'm not one of those things, but I'm a good person, probably. You might add on to that. Some of you would classify yourself by one of these three categories. I'm a Christian because I prayed a prayer. In my tradition, uh, when I grew up, we had a called an invitation at the end of the service, and people walked, were invited to walk down the aisle, make a decision, accept Jesus, and pray a prayer. In fact, it was interesting. We were in the Hispanic church this week, and they had a Wednesday night service, and they did that at the end of the service, and this lady walked down. She was uh, almost 21 years old. The interesting thing was her parents were Hispanic. Well, she's Hispanic, but she didn't know Spanish. And she's in this Hispanic church. Anyway, so Deb and I got to talk to her. I talked to her a little bit, and then Deb prayed a prayer with her, and we left that service saying, now this lady is a Christian. Why? Because she prayed a prayer. Some of you say I'm a Christian, or some of your friends would say they're Christian because I was baptized. 
you know, a little baby, they sprinkled some water on me, that made me a Christian. Uh, some of you were baptized more as an adult under the water like we do here, and you say because of that you were a Christian. Others of you would say I'm a Christian because I took this class and I was confirmed or I passed the class. And they said, okay, once you pass this class, you can call yourself a Christian, which is kind of a weird concept, but uh, it works for some churches and it maybe works for you. Lots of different definitions, lots of different ideas. But here's one thing we all know for sure. <clears throat> My brand's the true brand. <laughs> Whatever you believe is right, right? Whether it's because I was baptized or whether because I prayed that prayer or whether it was because I took a class. We knew our brand was the brand when I was growing up because we had church on Sunday night. And the liberal church, the Methodist church, and the Episcopal church, they didn't meet on Sunday night. But we had church on Sunday night. So we knew our brand was the true brand. We even had church on Wednesday night. <clears throat> some of you would say something like this. I was a Christian, but not anymore. I was because I was baptized, or I took that class, or I walked down the aisle, but then I got older and I decided I didn't want to be one of those anymore. I wanted to, to, to do something different. I wanted to live differently. <clears throat> some of us, from my tradition, would say, well, if you were one, you still are, because <laughs> once you're in, you can't get out. <laughs> Uh, uh, once saved, always saved. We put it that way. You you're, can't be unborn. You can't leave God's family. Some of you were brought up in a tradition where maybe you were on a date when you were a teenager or a young adult and you did some things that weren't Christian and you drove home very carefully because you knew if you had an accident and died, you wouldn't go to heaven because you'd done some unchristian sin, some category of sin. And maybe you prayed when you got home, I want to be a Christian again. And then maybe you did something else a couple of weeks later and you drove home safely again and, and prayed that prayer, I want to be a Christian again. Uh, now about you, but I don't want to sign, I don't think I'd want to sign up for, for that type of Christianity where I was in and out, in and out. Maybe you pray that prayer a hundred times. Another way you can think of Christianity is this. It's what you believe. Also that church I grew up in, we were really strong on theology. We studied the Bible Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we made sure we understood it all and had it all fit together. And even that end time stuff, we figured all that stuff out. We could, actually my pastor could tell you when Jesus was coming back, all right? Um, it was about what you believed. Now, we didn't do much of anything other than study the Bible, and the church seven years later was the same size it was, which I don't quite understand. Uh, a Christian church should grow, just like people grow. But it was all about what you believe. Some of you may came from a tradition where, no, it's how you believe. It's about how you act. It's about what you do. And so you may be conscientious about... Uh, Social ministry, doing Micah's backpack, food banks, food, clothing closets, whatever. But eh, what I believe is really not that important. Now, isn't it interesting? I mean, I could go on and on like this. Isn't it interesting that it's really hard to define the word Christian? What does it mean? How do you become one? In fact, maybe some of you, but probably not most of you, but we all know some people out there that hate <laughs> the concept of Christian. In fact, they would describe us, 
if you consider yourself a Christian this way. If you're not a Christian, we're happy you're here. <laughs> Christians are judgmental, homophobic, moralists who think they're the only ones going to go to heaven, that they see, and they secretly relish the fact that everybody else is going to hell. We all know people that think that about us, don't you? Don't we? I do. You guys are so judgmental, homophobic. You think you're better than everybody else? You're going to heaven, nobody else is going. most of us hopefully none of us would relate with that say yeah that's me and we want to if we said we were a Christian we'd want to qualify it by saying I'm a Christian but I'm not that now the good news is that we all have some concept of Christianity the bad news is it's probably wrong or at least partially wrong. And the really interesting thing is, in the Bible, the word Christian only appears three times. That's it. Three times. And it's kind of like a term we would use such as uh, geek or redneck. All right? So somebody, a group of people is looking at another group of people and saying, hey, that, you know, that group of people all have these certain things in common, and uh, they give them a name, you know, redneck or geek. They themselves, of course, I think some rednecks eventually adopted the term, but normally that group will not call themselves by that name. It's the outsiders that are calling them that. It's not the people like them. So we're going to look at a part of the Bible called Book of Acts. <clears throat> and, and the Book of Acts describes how the church got started, which we are, you know, 2,000 years down the line from that. Uh, Jesus did his teaching, and we'll look at something he taught also this morning. But Jesus did his teaching, then he left, he died, and resurrected, went to heaven. And then the church got started. And uh, it talks about how, what, what happened. Well, it started in, in Jerusalem. But then they began to be persecuted. And the people that were Jesus' followers were called followers of the way. And the church became persecuted, so the Christians spread out, which was good. So they went to other places. Anyway, a group of them went to a place called Antioch, which is in present Turkey. And uh, they started sharing about Jesus. And and a lot of Greek speakers, non-Jewish people, became followers of the way. So back in Jerusalem, at the, at the center of the church, where the church started, where, where the disciples are, the apostles, Peter and James and John and all these guys are, they're wondering what's going on up in Antioch. So they sent this guy by the name of Barnabas uh, up there. And he gets there and he, he finds out there's a whole lot of believers. And so he decides he needs some help. And we read a verse here. Uh, then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. Now, we don't have time to talk about Saul or Paul this morning, but this guy who was named Saul persecuted the church, then he had this dramatic, life-changing experience with God, and he became a Jesus follower, and Saul was from Tarsus, or Paul, as he, he became, his name became. So when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch, and both of them stayed there with the church for a full year teaching large crowds of people. 
So there's this large crowd of, uh, of Jesus followers, the followers of the way, and they were there helping understand uh, what it meant. Well, about this time, the Roman emperor, his name is Nero, and some of you have heard of him, and he was kind of a crazy guy, and he got in his, in his head, he wanted to burn the city of Rome down, and he did, okay? Now, you can imagine that wasn't very popular with the people. You burn your houses down, burn your business down, burn your uh, places of worship, and so, consequently, uh, he did something that we're going to read about in a Roman historian, what a Roman historian has said, and uh, put that up. Uh, the, the historian's name is Tacitus. Consequently, to get rid of the report, the report was, hey, our emperor Nero just burned our town down, or burned our city down. Nero fastened the guilt, the blame, and inflicted the most extinguished tortures on a class hated for their abomination. We'll talk about that later. Who are these people? Who did he blame? You can answer. The Christians, right? But they were called Christians by who? By the populace, by the people. Did the Christians call themselves Christians? No, it's like rednecks not calling themselves rednecks. Or nerds not calling themselves nerds. Some of us nerds have kind of relished that term. But anyway, that's, that's another subject. So, this is not from the Bible. And if you're not a believer in the Bible or all the Bible, this, this is from a historian. Nero burned the city down, but to cast the blame on this group of people called Christians that were hated. We're going to read one other uh, writing from this historian. Christus, now this was, this is a reference we had to Jesus that's not in the Bible. So Jesus was a real person, he really lived, and he's referred to here by Tacitus. <clears throat> from whom the name had its origin, Christian. Now, let me explain something. They believed that Christus or Christ was Jesus' last name, Jesus Christ like Mary Christ and, and Joseph Christ, uh, we know better, or probably most of us know better. It wasn't a name, it was a title. It was the Greek form of the word Messiah. So it wasn't Jesus' last name, it was Jesus the Messiah. But they, they misunderstood and they called him Jesus Christ or, or Christ. Suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius, is what the New Testament says. And Tiberius was the emperor of Rome during the times of Jesus and of his life. So here we have confirmation that Jesus lived and was executed by the Roman uh, during the reign of Tiberius, not from the Bible. This is a, a Roman historian. At the hands of one of our procurators, Pontius Pilatus, now, of course, we know from the Bible is Pontius Pilate. <clears throat> so, the Romans, the Roman populace, called this, this knockoff cult of Judaism Christians. But they call themselves Christians? No, they didn't. Now, they did call themselves something, and it's a term that's much more disturbing, that's more difficult to, to, to grasp or to to adhere to, 
The word Christian, again, isn't defined in the Bible. So that's why we can have all these different opinions and still be Christian. We have Christians on both sides of every issue. There's Christian Democrats, there's Christians Republicans, there's Christians <laughs> that believe in abortion, there's Christians that don't believe in abortion, there's Christians that believe in, you know, some social ministry and some that don't. Uh, uh, capital punishment, for example. There's Christians on both sides of every issue. How can that be? It's because we don't have a definition for Christian. All those other things we already talked about. But the people that were followers of the way or followers of Jesus had a word that described them. In fact, Jesus used that word as we'll see in a few minutes. And here's the word. Disciple. Disciple. This is how they referred to themselves. And we're going to read a verse, or several verses from Acts where they use that term. It was at Antioch, that place we just talked about, that the disciples, which they called themselves, were first called Christians by the outsiders. All right, that makes sense? They called themselves disciples. It was the first place that disciples were called by other people Christians. So, what is a disciple? Well, we have a definition of disciple. We might not know what a Christian is, but we know what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner, a pupil, apprentice, a follower, an adherent. Uh, you might even use the word fan. Uh, it's football season, and we got different football fa- fans of different football teams. All right? So you're, if you're a fan of a team, you're all gung-ho for them, win or lose, right? You keep following. You don't change. Uh, you learn from, we were on this construction trip and we had a couple guys along that I'm kind of a <laughs> amateur carpenter. We had some professional carpenters. And so Scott and I were working on some, some treated lumber railings and we had a question. We'd go to one of these master carpenters. We were kind of like a disciple or an apprentice and he would tell us what to do. And hopefully we did it or did it right. right? So uh, that's what a disciple is. As a follower of Jesus, did what, do what Jesus would do. So when you're facing a decision as a disciple, the only issue should be, hmm, what would Jesus do? So when you wake up this morning and you say, ah, should I go to church this morning or not? Hmm, what would Jesus do? Pretty easy answer then, isn't it? But as a Christian, ah, Christians don't need to go to church, Right? See the difference? It's about relationships. How should I treat my wife? Well, how would Jesus treat my wife? It's a little bit different than how a Christian would treat my wife because lots of Christians get divorced, don't they? Think Jesus would get divorced? I don't think so. How should I treat my kids? Well, Jesus would treat my kids. Kids, how would I treat my parents? The way Jesus would. How should I treat the kids that don't have food to eat on the weekend? So it's not a question, should we do Micah's backpack? Really, is it? Whatever the question is, the answer is always yes. <laughs> if you're a disciple, you can debate it as Christians, but not as a disciple. See the difference? 
Now, I know it's kind of weird, and we don't call ourselves disciples. There was 12 disciples, you know, back with Jesus' day. We're not disciples. I'm not saying you need to use the word to describe yourself, but we need to understand the definition and be that. A couple examples, again, from, from at the book of Acts. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples, not Christians, in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. One indication that you're a disciple is you're obedient. Children to your parents, all of us to God, disciple, not Christian. And uh, later in, in Acts, we're talking about that guy named Saul who became Paul. When he came to Jerusalem, after he had that conversion, he tried to join the, who? The disciples. And they were all afraid of him because they had put him in jail or in prison previously, not believing that he really was a disciple. And then I, I like this other one for giving you a couple of reasons why. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. Okay, so it wasn't just guys. It could be females also, women. And that's a Greek name whose name is Dorcas, but our local food bank is named Tabitha's Table, and it's named after this disciple of Jesus. She's always doing good and helping the poor. So what's the point? Jesus' followers never called themselves Christians. That was a label put on them by outsiders or the populace. And disciple is the term they use to describe themselves. It's the term Jesus uses, we'll see in a minute. And disciple is a whole lot different than Christian because it is defined for us. So here's a, maybe a disturbing question. Are we, am I a disciple or am I just Christian? Now, maybe it's a little disturbing. That's kind of what, part of my goal in the beginning of this series is to get you to think. <clears throat> now, we're going to look at something Jesus said. This was in the night, last night he spent here on earth before he was crucified. And he gathered his disciples together and he had the Passover, which is a, a Jewish festival, once a year. <clears throat> and Jesus changed the meaning and we use it as, call it communion or Lord's Supper now. At this point, we pick up the story in John chapter 13. Uh, Judas has already left. So technically, Jesus, Judas wasn't a disciple because he didn't continue to follow, did he? But he was one of the 12 apostles, if you will. <clears throat> and so Jesus is going to give them one instruction. Isn't that great? Not five, not 10, not 15, or 20. Not 10 commandments. He says, I'm going to give you one instruction that if we as the church had gotten right over the years, all of history would have been different. There would have been no uh, crusades. There had been no world wars. There would have never been a civil war in this country. There wouldn't have been a slavery in this country. There wouldn't have been a need for the uh, um, civil rights movement and lots of other things if we would have just got this one thing right. And I kind of thought about it this way. If those of you who are older or when you, those of you who have little kids, one day your kids are going to go off to college maybe. And when they go off to college, what is the last thing you're going to say to them? 
You know, what do you want them to really remember? What do you want them to really do? You know, I've been your parent for 18 years. Uh, I've taught you a lot of things, but this is what I want to make sure you don't forget when you go off to college. Now, it probably wouldn't be one thing, would it? It'd probably be a list of things. But Jesus said, okay, I want you to get this one thing right. So we're going to pick it up, uh, what he said in John 13, verse 33. Excuse me. Dear children, Again, he's talking to his 11, uh, 11 apostles. I will be with you only a little longer. And, I, uh, and as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. Now, these guys have been following Jesus for three and a half years. Now, Peter's the one that steps up, usually speaks up. And Peter's really concerned. You know, I've been following you for three and a half years, and I'm not, you know, I've been going where you've been going, but now I can't go where you go? I don't know about the rest of them, but I'm going where you go. <clears throat> Jesus said, no, you can't. can't go. And then he tells them, okay, here's what I want you to remember. Don't ever forget. I'm going to give you a new commandment. Now, new means something you hadn't heard before, something you hadn't done before. This is new. And here it is. Love each other or love one another. But Jesus, that's not new. I mean, that's way back in our Bibles, way back there in that book called Leviticus It tells us to do that. We've been told to do that since we were little kids at the synagogue. That's nothing new. But yes, it is. He clarifies. All right, here's what it means. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Whoa, that's a little bit different. Hey, Matthew. Remember when we came and met you? You were a tax collector. You were a traitor to your own people. And you were getting rich off your own people. And how did we treat you? How did I treat you? In fact, I went to your house and at your house were some more people just like you. But you, Nathaniel. When your brother came and told you about me, to come and follow me, you said, ah, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You dished my whole city, my whole town, my whole family. How did I treat you, Nathaniel? Jesus could have went on and on and on. This is how I want you to treat each other. And then he just blows me away with this, this next thing he says. Your love, this love, this new commandment for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. That's a whole lot different than Christian, isn't it? The little teeny subset of Christian. And it's interesting. He could have said lots of things. Now, the people out there are going to know that you are disciples because you showed up at this building on Sunday morning. Didn't say that, did he? Uh, because you pray. We had this, this Hispanic church. There were a group of people met at 6.30 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, to pray. Didn't say that. Oh, because you put money in the offering plate. Or you read your Bible. No, no, no. He didn't say any of those things that most of us would think of. He said, no. Just love each other the way I loved you. That's how you'll prove that they'll know that you're one of my followers. 
And, of course, Peter, <laughs> he doesn't always get it. He asks, Lord, where are you going? Oh, don't come with this love stuff. I just want to know where you're going so I can go where you're going. Of course, Jesus is going to tell him, no, you can't. I don't, in fact, I don't want you to because I'm going to die and I don't want you to die. I want you to do something harder. And that's what I just told you about. That harder is, love these guys like I love these guys. As he became the kind of Jesus' replacement leader. Besides, Peter, before the night's over, a, a little teenage girl, middle school girl, is going to scare you away. But Peter, I still love you. <laughs> All right? So let's summarize it this way. Create a community, this is what Jesus was saying, create a community of people defined by unconditional, compassionate, ridiculous love. Isn't that what he said? So people out there looking in here should say, wow, I don't agree with all what they believe, but those people surely love unconditionally, ridiculously. I may not want to believe what they do, but I would love for my son-in-law or daughter-in-law to love my child like they love each other. I'd like to work for them. Another way of saying this, you've heard me use this before. We shouldn't be known for what we are for. We, what, we should be known for what we are for, not what we are against. This is what most people out there think about us in here. Oh, you're against this, you're against this. So what I'm suggesting is a rebranding campaign. Well, we don't worry about a whole bunch of theology, not that theology isn't good. But I suggest like for the, till, for the, till the end of the year that we focus all our energy on this one thing. Since Jesus said it was the one thing he wanted them to remember. If we're going to be disciples, we need to remember this. Try this. Imagine how your life or my life would be different. How imagine the world would be different. What would it look like if you and your family and your, with your spouse and with your kid and your place of work or your, where you go to school, if you... And I made this our focus. We are known by ridiculous love. It can and would change the world because it did change the world 2,000 years ago. Let me just end with this. What you hate about yourself, what people out there hate about themselves, it's all the same. It's the fact that we don't meet, for us, that we don't meet God's expectations, but none of us meet our own expectations. And so the question for all of us is, what do you do with that? What do you do with that when you fail? In church, we call it sin. What do you do with it? Jesus said, love each other. It's like I loved you. Uh, We're just getting started. Hopefully you'll join us again next week, and hopefully you'll get in a group and talk about some of this stuff this week. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, (laughs) that it's not about being Christian, because that's really confusing. None of us can figure that one out. But it's about being a disciple. And and, and really, that's kind of simple. It's just yes. Yes. Whatever you want, God. I'm going to pray for everyone here this morning. God, you know their hearts. You know their struggles. You know if they think they're Christian or not, or a disciple or not more importantly. 
And we want to pray for anyone that wants to step across that line. They don't have to say a prayer. They just have to make that decision in their mind. They accept that gift of salvation. Uh, we'd love to talk to you after service. But God, just uh, accept us as we are. And we need your, whew, boy, do we need your help to love each other <laughs> like you love us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have a response card. Uh, you can let us know about any decisions, prayer requests, any way we can help. And we'll collect that. And we'll be, probably in five minutes, we'll be finished. Thanks.